Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. I, of course, am your fearless leader. Uh, and I did it again because I can't get that leader. leader too. <laughs> I, of course, am Mark Williams, your host. And I'm joined by the host of The Final Buzzer with John Filkowski. John Filkowski. You could probably drop the first John Filkowski. I'm just saying. It's kind of redundant, you know? Yeah, I probably could have, but you know, probably like, like it's, yeah, but it's, like, it's like better. I said, sleepless it, it, it at least gets your name out there a little bit more. If I could just keep on talking, the sleepless leader. <laughs> well, we got a jam packed show for you guys today, even though we're going to try to go through as quick as possible. We wish we had the Holy Trinity together, but unfortunately, we're going to miss Anthony one more time this week. Uh, we're going to get him back as soon as possible, but. So we got a lot to go over the Rangers and their comeback wins. We got, um, uh, and, and again, they got outshot again last night and they won the game. Then you also got the Islanders. They got screwed this week. More on that in a moment. Controversy when it comes to Alexander Ovechkin and of course our bar talk segment. But if, uh, if you didn't listen in the last 30 seconds and I hope you did, you can watch the final buzzer with John Falkowski, usually after most, most Ranger games. And he also does his good, bad, and ugly on our Facebook uh, page. And uh, although I gotta, we got to get more of that on the the fan page, not just the group page. But that's yeah. a different story. Um, so the Rangers last night, they won. They're sitting third in the Metro, two points behind the Penguins, two games in hand, Philk. And uh, you know what? They came back against St. Louis this week and they looked like they might be dead in the water at the end of the second period, but this team loves to play from behind. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, they love to give up leads. Um, it, it's funny because we talked about slow starts with them and it seems like their slow starts have become slow second periods. Now um, <laughs> that's the one thing I've noticed. They started off pretty well in the last two games and then they, just decided to, I don't know, what a brain fart, or they decided to just t go take a dump in the second period and just forget about playing hockey. But uh, I don't, I don't know what it is with these guys. But the slow second periods have been a big concern. They've been playing bad second period hockey after being a great second period uh, team all year. Um, and to answer that question that you just put up there, no, I don't think that's sustainable in the playoffs. I don't. Um, I also. Don't think that you can have four fringe NHLers in your lineup in, in the playoffs. And I think that's a big part of it. I, I think that this team needs to go make a trade. I think that they need to go get someone like Phil Kessel. Um, is Ricard Raquel an option? Uh, but they need to go make some upgrades, some some big, big upgrades, because they're going to get trounced in w w with, by whatever team they face if they continue to play like this. I got to say, by the way, Ricard Raquel should just change his name to trade deadline because every single year it seems like he's getting traded at the trade deadline. Wasn't he supposed to go to Toronto last year? I don't know. I, I, I It's just one of those things you, you constantly keep hearing. But um, going, going to this, it, it's almost – I almost want to say yes. They don't mind playing from behind. They're They're comfortable – trailing in the third period and they're going to try to 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 keep the games at least close so that way they can win them igor is going to do that as well it's just is it is it 
Is it something I would actually clarify and say, yeah, this is a winning strategy? Hell no. No, you want the lead. You want to stifle the, the opposition. And you just want to, to move on and get the win. Look what the Islanders did. The Islanders always had the had the the lead and then suffocated teams. When they got a two-goal lead, the game was over. That was that was the last two years. Game was over. And ideally, that's what the Rangers are going to be. But instead, what they tend to do is they either do one of two things. They get the lead, and then Sisterkin just stifles everybody. Or they're trailing by a goal, tie the game, and then win it in either – it's in regulation. Actually, they do it a lot. So, I mean, I don't like, I, I would recommend this strategy, but it's what they're doing. It's great. Yeah. I can tell you right now, if Igor was not the way that he played last night, if he played like he did in the second period in against St. Louis for most of the night against New Jersey, they would have lost that game. They would absolutely would have lost that game because Jersey was all over them. Jersey was the better team. They deserve to win that game. They absolutely deserved it. Um, the the top four defenders have just been atrocious of late in their own zone. Uh, I mean, Adam Fox. I know he had three. Uh, he had three points against St. Louis, yeah, and they were primary assists. But you you you've got to be better in your own zone because that second pairing defensively has not been good enough all season. Um, they've had stretches where they've played well, and then for most of the year they've they've been spotty at best defensively. So if that top pairing is not good enough defensively, um, <laughs> this defense is just really, really bad. And um, Ryan Strom needs to stop taking dumb penalties, missing open nets. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. There was um, a comment that I put in when I was able to do that because I was at work last night. And the the comment that I had for you was Ryan Strom in the Capitals game two weeks ago took not one, but yeah, two penalties before the end of a period. Yeah, how I saw the that. hell do you do that? And and they were both both within like the last five seconds of, of the period. And, yeah. and they were both dumb, boneheaded, unnecessarily penalties. The second one was a turnover that he made, and he ended up having to take a penalty to prevent the scoring chance when all he had to do was just dump the puck out and the period would have ended. Yeah. It's like, just how do you do that. I, I don't I don't know how he does that. And it's, it's one of those things with him that he's – when you talk about re-signing Ryan Strom, that's what I think about. I think bad offensive zone penalties. That's what I always think about. I don't care if he plays well with Panarin. And then uh, talking about the guys who uh, – that are going to be that, – that they still have to develop. Kako, Lafreniere. Because we're going to be talking about this next year if they, if they just re-sign him. But it's just – I mean, you look at some of these things. It's – Dominic and you know what? Though. They're still winning. They're still winning. They're having all these problems. They're still winning. So I don't, I don't want to crush them, but they they will come back to bite you eventually. And look at just ask the New York Mets. They were in first place in August, first week of August. Didn't make the playoffs. And yeah, that's unacceptable. So they they got to fix those problems. But again, like I've said to some people this week, they're like, oh my goodness, I can't stand watching player X. Let's say it's Filipino. And I just said, there's three more weeks of him. That's it. Shifley. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure Mark Shifley would play well with almost anybody, but yes. Um, mm-hmm. that, that That's definitely true. 
But I mean, you know what? I'm going to go back to two, two, two graphics that are on there that I had. The Rangers, 18 come from behind wins. Now, they're tied with the Blue Jackets, who are always from behind. But this, that's, that's a great statistic. And it, then, it's a good one and a bad one because it, it is you're, that you're you're behind a lot. <laughs> That's and then good. you have Sisterkin, 23 wins when the Rangers have been outshot. And that's a great stat because it shows you how good Igor is, but it's also a very bad stat because the Rangers are getting outshot in more games than not. There we go. So uh, it's, it's one of those things that I just, I shake my head about, but the, you know what? They're still winning and they, they're Turks got them with a the fighting spirit and God, that's, that's, that's just a good thing. Well, I think the one of the things I said last up. night, I mean, all the, all the boys went out and they went after Subban and they were sticking up for Sammy. And I, I, I loved seeing that. I, I, I again, I'll, I'll say this again. This doesn't happen under David Quinn last year. Just no, no. Oh, and let me go into, into, into further detail on that. On David Quinn, they fall behind unrealistically far and then try to come back. Like, yeah. the, for instance, the Capitals game, the one when David Quinn got back to the bench and they went down 5 nothing and lost 5-4. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's funny because I, I always said this, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, it, it's that when Quinn came back last year from the COVID thing, and those first four games showed me that he had absolutely lost the locker room. The the two yeah. games against Washington and two games against Buffalo, and they just they I knew that they tuned him out then, so I, I knew he was gone after that. But, Which, uh, by the way, the, the trivia question last night was I was able to see this. I never saw the answer. But what two active players have two six point games? And obviously, that was Mika Zibanejad, who had two. When Quinn was out of the line, or Quinn was behind the bench, and I know Sam Gagne has uh, an, an eight-point game, nine-point game. Yeah, yeah, but but I don't know who the other one is. Yeah, I forgot who the other one is. I'm trying to think about it, and it was versus the Devils, so I'm I'm thinking it's it's a Devil, but um, I guess maybe Thomas Tatar. I don't know, but uh, mm. we'll figure that one out more, but. What do you guys think about uh, the Rangers, the comeback style? Is it sustainable? And can they actually keep this going for the rest of the year? You know what? So far, again, they're doing it, but it's not recommended. All right. Mm -hmm. Throw it down in the comments below. And, of course, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And because, uh, again, we could really use the likes and the shares and the subscribers. Uh, <laughs> going Phil, uh, we're going to go to the Islanders for a minute, and we wish we had uh, Anthony with us right now because, my goodness, there's a, there's a couple of the good things to talk about with them. But first things first, let's look at a clip from this week. Ajo into the circle, shoots off the post. No, it was on the goal line. Did it go in? The referee says it did. It somehow stuck behind Darcy Kemper. Late on the goal line, and the referee says it crossed to give the Islanders a 4-3 lead, but I'm sure they're going to look at this one. Sure, but I did not for sure see any whites. Now it's rolling on his side, which makes it just that much more complicated, obviously. But from that angle, it looks like it's in. 
It, it looks like you're seeing white, but oh, here's, here it is right here, Moshe. Sliding across. Goes to the official announcements. After review, the puck did not completely cross the goal line. There's no goal. No goal. So, first things first. Is that a goal in your mind? I don't think so. And let me just bring up the the image of that to, for for the audience right now. Is the, that's that's it right there. That, now I'm going to no. be going back to that in a moment. No. However, show me the next the, frame. Exactly. There seems to be a frame missing. Like if I go back to that video, there's like a frame missing. Show me. How show me the, the next like, like the the next frame right after that. But again, the stick hasn't touched the puck yet, and there's uh, to me. I'm going to go back to it again. There's a sliver of white right there on top of the puck. If that's the case, then oh, by the way, Phil, it's called a goal on the ice. Did the NHL fail the Islanders here? Inconclusive. I, I mean, it, it's to me. If you go back to that picture, it looks like the the line is chopped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, see how that, see how the line is right there? Like you could sort of see white, but that line doesn't look like it's straight. It looks like it's chopped up. Well, I'm going to say I, that's because it's ice. Cause it's a little bit of, there could be a little bit of snow on that. There could but, be snow on that, but also I mean, if you take it, that it, angle it, compared to the other angle and that, that's the, the, the furthest angle. part of the puck still looks like it's over the, the red line. So I, I, I can't call that a goal. Okay. I mean, but then again, it's a goal. It was ruled a goal on the ice. So do you think there was enough evidence to, to rule it's not a goal? That's where things get dicey. That's where the, that's where they really screwed them. That, I mean, if you want to argue that, sure. Yeah. I, I get that at that point, but um, I, I don't think it was actually a goal. I, I think they got the call, right? Uh, I just don't think that if if they're going to go on, you have to have conclusive evidence to overturn it. There's no conclusive evidence either way. So if it wasn't ruled a goal on the ice and it actually ended up being a goal, then they they have not they don't have enough evidence to overturn it and go the other way. I, I really don't think that they would have had anything that would have said definitively that this is a goal. This is why they need sensors in the box. Yeah, for that for a while, and I think they also they tried to experiment with the green line uh, at one preseason where they put a green line behind the net, and any part of the puck that touched that green line, it was it was considered in. But that wouldn't help this because the puck was flipping around. So easily, if that puck, I I, I would have left it. I would have left it a goal because I I still think I see white right there, and also. If you go one more frame, which seems to be missing somehow. That's the thing. Give me the next frame. That's going to give me more, more evidence than that because that looks like that, that puck is still not yet rolling. Do I if you got the if you have the next frame and there's white, then then there's there's no argument there at that point. But that that's not enough for me. That's not enough evidence. All right. But there was a bit of good news this week for Islander fans and really this entire season because Noah Dobson against the Vancouver Canucks scored his 10th goal of the season, most by any defenseman in the NHL since December 1st. He's got 10 goals, 17 assists on the season. 
Phil, is Noah Dobson becoming a star? He's a legitimate top four defenseman, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, he's probably a number three, maybe a number four, depending on, on just about any team in the league, depending on how good your defensive depth is. I mean, I would kill to have him on the Rangers right now, tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Which, no, by the way, Phil, uh, Vitaly Kratzoff was drafted instead of Noah Dobson. You got to do that to me, don't you? I got to do that to you. I have to do yeah, that. Yeah, you do. You're <laughs> quick. But, um, yeah, so um, <laughs> this kid, this kid's developing before our eyes. Um, uh, it, it's, he's the one bright spot for the Islanders this year. I mean, it, it, Ilya Sorokin hasn't had the season that he had last year, and that's, you know, a big part of that is because the defense in front of him and the team defense overall hasn't been as good. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I, I like seeing it and I also hate seeing it because he's going to be a pain in the ass for the Rangers for a long time. But when you're six, five and you could skate like that and you can handle and move the puck like that, you're going to be a good player for a long time. So no, Noah Dobson's here. It's just a matter of does he become a legitimate number one defenseman at this point, or do we, or 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 is he a number two? I mean, I always said number two uh, was probably going to be his ceiling, but even if he is a, a number two, like that, that's a real good player to get at that draft position. You take that and you call it a day every every day of the week. He does need to improve his defensive game a little bit. Uh, to see the Vancouver Canucks game when him and Kyle Palmieri checked the same guy and the game winning goal was scored, but he's, he is growing and he's growing right in, right in front of our faces. Again, we wish we had Anthony here right now because he'd probably be buzzing, beaming with light. Uh, but you know, it, this is also a guy who's four years from his, his draft year and he's now starting to blossom. Who'd have thought a little bit of patience would pay off Ranger fans. We need some of that too. So it's it's just this guy is really becoming sort of that offensive defenseman that I actually thought Ryan Pollock was going to be. And then he kind of did a U-turn and and under trots became more of a de- the defensive defenseman. And I mean, I'm not slamming Ryan Pollock in any way, but if if that's the case, then he might change the Islanders' plans for next year. And, you know... He's he's looking real good. He's looking real good, and hopefully he keeps us up. He's on a pace to score forty points, and uh, I forgot what's the last Islander defenseman to score forty points in the season was because uh, Anthony had that readily available. But they don't do that very often. Probably have to be like Mark Stride or something like that. Probably, probably on that. So look, there's bright spots, Islander fans. It's just you have to look for them right now. So. What do you guys think? Noah Dobson becoming a star. Philk is looking up right now. The last Islander defenseman to score 40 points. And uh, also, was that a goal that Sebastian Ajo had? Throw it all down in the comments below. And also, we're going to be doing power rankings for the NHL. We have our staff that made them up. And fortunately, the man who's going to be announcing the top five teams in his opinion in the league right now is right with me. And so which are the best teams in the NHL right now? We listed our top tens, 
but we're announcing five right now. We're going to compare our list a little bit. And we're going to start with John Fulkowski announcing. Oh, I didn't get the banner up right there. There we go. So there's the NHL Power Rankings banner. And John, what is your number five team in the league? Well, for number five, I went with Carolina. Um, Carolina, they, they're at the top of the division, yeah, but they've played some up and down hockey as of late. I mean, they lost a game to the Devils where they got shellacked, um, which was kind of weird. Uh, they've, they've played some up and down hockey, they, but they're still one of the best teams in the league. I, I don't think that they're uh, I don't I don't think they're gonna suffer too much without Tony D'Angelo in the lineup, but they're still right near the top. And then I at number four, I went with uh, Pittsburgh. I just think that they're just playing too well right now. They keep winning games. Um, they are just like a buzzsaw. It's kind of reminding me of Mark's prediction last year about how he said Pittsburgh was gonna end up winning the division. They end up doing so. Um, Malkin's back. Crosby is still Sidney Crosby. Um, Brian Rust is a pain in the ass. Jake Gensel can score goals. Uh, I mean, Dumoulin and Latang are still Dumoulin and Latang. Tristan Rodriguez Jari- cooled off, but he's still good. Rodriguez cooled off, but he's still a decent player. Jari is not trying to catch uh, pucks on his opposite side, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, Pittsburgh's a buzzsaw. Uh, number three, I went with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay looks like they're uh, finding their swagger. Steven Stamkos is just having one hell of a year. Braden Point's starting to heat up. Nikita Kucherov is back. Um, they they look like they're finding their stride. If they make a deadline move um, to get a little more depth and forward on the, in their bottom six, they could be a favorite to repeat or a three-peat, if you will. Um, that would be interesting. So, um, at number two, I have the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers are just, they're, to me, they're, they're arguably the most complete team in the NHL. Mackenzie Weger starting to get a lot more recognition for his great defensive play. Um, if you look at the war stats, uh, wins above replacement, Mackenzie Weger, I believe is number one or number two in that regard. Uh, he's just incredible. He's having a great year. And, um, I think that Florida just up and down is probably the most complete team in the NHL. Aaron Ekblad is having a season that should get him some real Norris consideration. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky is back. He's having a much better year than last year. And then obviously you have you know, Justin Huberdo. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you had I ha- you had to do that to me before I had to do that to you. So yeah, Justin Huberdo, as Mark calls him. One is- one slip of the tongue, and it's going to be forever remembered. Okay, so then don't bring up Vitaly Kravtsov when we're talking about <laughs> Noah Dobson, then, you prick. Fine, I'll only talk about Hugh Jessamine. Oh, okay, even better. So I'll just me make sure to call him Justin Huberdo every time then and make sure that I know that it was you that I got it from. And but, uh, By uh, the way, we have a poll right now on what you're listing as the best team in the NHL, which, by the way, Philk, who is the best team in the NHL right now? Well... I went with the Colorado Avalanche because I just think that they're buzzing right now. Um, word on the street is is that they're looking to make a big addition come the deadline. Um, we know that they've been linked to Claude Giroux, but there's another name that came up last night. Really? Who? Mm-hmm. 
Patrick Kane. Interesting. Yeah, Colorado. Our friend of the show, Dave Panyota, was on NHL Network yesterday and said that Colorado had called up Chicago and inquired about the services of Patrick Kane and basically placed a phone call saying, hey, we don't know if you're at this stage yet, but if you're looking to move Patrick Kane, what would you want? We're interested. So, uh, yeah, that would be a earth-shattering trade right there if that ended up happening. So Colorado looking to go all in this year, and uh, they're already at the top of the league. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think if they were to get a guy like Kane or Drew, that really puts them over the top, and that would make them the favorite in my book. Although I do question their goaltending, and I would like to see one add on defense. So I am I gotta I gotta tell you, out of all the teams on this list, only Tampa Bay is the one that I say I like that goaltending. And I understand Tristan Jari's had a, a comeback type of year. I understand Freddie Anderson's getting more defensive support that he has in a while. Darcy Kemper, his he's been healthy, and uh Bobrovsky has two Vesnas. I, I only like Tampa Bay's goaltending. That's it. Vasilevsky yeah, well, um, has been considered the best in the world for years. See the best at this very moment. Nope. Guy, the guy wearing this jersey is the best in the league at the moment. But and, and uh, a team that I put in my top five has a guy who's playing really well right now. How is that beeping when I turned off all the all the alerts? But uh, there's also a guy, Jacob Markstrom, who's who's doing really well right now. So I, I I mean there's there's a couple other guys, but it, when it comes to playoffs, you got to go through Vasilevsky. You, you, you if you can take a shot at the king, don't miss is the way that it's always said. Uh, just gonna check one thing. I want to see how that poll is progressing at the moment, um, and then I'm going to announce the rest of our lists on all of us. Nope, no sounds, no echoes. Uh, <laughs> so so far we got 50% of people coming in as the Colorado avalanche. Uh, there are people that believe the, the Canes at 19% and uh, the Panthers with Justin at 19%, but also 12% say a team that's not listed. So how about that? Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Score a thousand goals, you're not a goal scorer. <laughs> but you call one guy, Justin. All right, we're gonna go to our list on the staff picks, and there we are right there. Let me get that banner off for everybody. Uh there we go. Oh, uh, now, I had I had uh Colorado and then Carolina, even though Carolina, I'll tell you a funny story about them in a minute. Calgary Flames are red hot. Uh I they cooled off a little bit. They lost to Montreal the other night, but I I got them right there. Uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. I got Tampa Bay over Florida right now. Tampa wow, Bay is water. And Anthony, the, with the last three teams, both Rangers, Toronto, and LA. Yeah, exactly. That's why I kind of laughed when when the two of us ended up having our our picks together. I got to tell you, the last the last five picks are both the same for both of you. Exactly. That was that was very weird. That was very weird. Now again, although Phil, I got to tell you, man, Edmonton Oilers at nine. Playing great hockey as of late. I mean, minus the loss to Chicago, which I thought was bad. But they're they're playing great hockey as of late. Look at where they are in their division after where they were beforehand. 
Yeah, the, you, but they were kind of standings. I do see the standings. Yeah, they're they're ahead by. I think they're in by one point right now. They they are they are tied for the wild card, and I think last night's standings actually kind of uh, or last night's games really affected everything. Hold on, because yeah, they're tied at sixty four. Dallas um, won in overtime and and went ahead of them. They they were Edmonton was tied for the the wild card spot, and and they they were they were looking like they were down in the water. Edmonton they they fired Tippett and won like five in a row. Yeah, and six three and one in their last ten, but as as far as Edmonton goes, there's still a lot of questions that go with them. However, there's a question about another team. More on that in a moment, mm-hmm. because when we do our bar talk segment. So, out of any of these teams that were that we got listed over here, let me just go back, throw that up there. Who's who's a team that you think is poised to move up the list, and who's one do you think that can move down the list? And we'll go with your list first. For my list, yeah. um, I, I I could say that the Rangers could move up the list. Um, I think they might have a little trouble because I think that the, the top five teams right now are playing really good hockey, maybe minus Carolina, who's been a little up and down, but they're still a great team and they're going to rebound. But the Rangers, with some deadline moves, could move up this list. Um, I think if you're talking about anybody that could – be off the list if la dallas or edmonton cool down any bit i i I would have them off the list so uh i gotta you know what i'm gonna flash that up again one more time real quick because uh a team that i just believe in a lot is the st louis blues but i i i gotta tell Uh, you phil uh, there was uh court pointed out something here yeah go ahead anthony has the, the panthers twice on his list Motherfucker, that's my mistake. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. oh my god! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Hold on! Oh man, Mark needs the second. To- the second Panthers is the Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames. Yes, I'm just looking at his list right now. Actually, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Justin. So Justin <laughs> strikes again. Justice strikes again. This is what happens when you're on, you're operating on zero sleep, everybody. But it's so any event, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, and I got to tell this, this one to you. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll wait to tell you the story and, and, um, uh, the bar talk. But by the way, so I was watching, uh, the Detroit Carolina game at the bar the other night and, uh, John, all things Islanders, who had uh, he had a parlay going, and the only thing he needed to do was needed Carolina to win. It's all he needed, and of course, there's a turnover by a defenseman. You're going to guess who it is in a second, and I don't even have to guess. I, pro- I I I'm pretty sure I already know who it is. Yeah. So turnover by a defenseman. Dylan Larkin walks in, scores, game over, or ties the game, and then they go to overtime, and then they lose. So who's the defenseman? Brady Shea. Because you can't spell a turnover or giveaway without Brady Shea. So it's just, I mean, come on. That's, it's, it's, it's it's just way too much. And I liked Brady Shea when he was here, but they're, my goodness. I don't know if David Quinn ruined him or if AV ruined him, but somebody ruined him. I know that. 
because uh, he looked pretty good. Guys, what do you think? Who is the best defense? Uh, who is the best team in the NHL right now? And also, do you agree with our rankings, or do you think Florida's so good they should be on there twice? <laughs> anyway, um, I'll, I'll I'll put the Calgary Flames where they should be on there. Anthony's got them at five. So uh, throw it all down in the comments below. So uh, we're gonna do some bar talk and engage on some NHL topics. Let's just get that ticker away. Boom. We're motoring through this show right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our topic on gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're buying everybody around on it? Yeah, so so you just want a beer or I'll take a shot because you need a shot. So we're going to start with this one, by the way, once again, watch the final buzzer with John Fukowski after most Ranger games or the night after, but the Rangers don't need JT Miller. I'm going to say beer. Um, they could use him. I, I, I just do they need JT Miller to the point where they're bring they're they're trading Braden Schneider like Vancouver supposedly wants? No, no, because it's just not worth it at that point. Braden Schneider is going to be a corner. He, he is already a cornerstone defenseman for this team. Uh, I mean, if you got to talk about the team's most consistent defender as of late, it's Braden Schneider. He played up on the top pairing when Adam Fox was out. He was better than Ryan Lindgren on that top pairing. He's tremendous on the third pairing. They could probably move Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba down a pairing, and I think the the team would play better with Schneider getting the increased minutes. So, um, no, they don't need JT Miller to the point where they're giving up Braden Schneider, but, yes, he could help them out. So, beer. I'm going to go shot because they need third-line help. That third line is invisible. And you're talking – and, by the way, this is where – this is there's an argument that I used to say about the identity line for the Islanders when they used to call it the best fourth line in hockey. And at the time, they're they they played almost more than the third line. Then your third line, then your fourth line is really your third line. That's where the Rangers are right now. Because the line of Goudreau, Reeves, and whoever the hell they put on the on the, the third spot, they play more and better than the Heedle uh what was it last night? Gauthier and McKegg was it? I, I don't even know because it's always, it's always changing, but the heat line is completely invisible. I understand Filipino scored a goal last night. Everybody, I, I, I haven't forgotten that. And I like the kid, but that line is, they need a third line. That's what they need. Can't, I can't stress that enough. So uh, no, you do realize that they need to need a winger to get Dryden hunt out of the top six, right? They have one named Capo Caco that's coming back eventually. When? When? That's a good question. I, I don't. I, I they don't need even top know six help. Whether whether you want to admit it or not, they need top six help. They do need top six help, but I think you got Caco, and you also you're going to have Vitaly Kratsov at some point again. And well, Tractor might win that series, so it might not be for uh, a little more time. Yeah, but eventually it's going to. It's going to happen. They have two more months of hockey. So that's a way to add 
without even doing anything. And it benefits both the Rangers and Kratzoff to play him because play him, get his trade value up, trade him at trade him at the draft if you want, or play him and keep him. But Jay, uh, sorry, Jonathan Tanner Miller, uh, there's, they don't, they don't need him. It's, 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 that's, that's not going to answer any questions. He's not winning any face-offs. He's not going to be the third line center. Larry Brooks is completely wrong about this. You know what? Send him to Toronto where they don't play any defense either. So, which I, I'll, I can't wait to tell you about that discussion I was having with somebody last night, but Philk, the Islanders can move Josh Bailey at the trade deadline. Beer. Uh, I mean, I don't know who's really going to want Josh Bailey. Maybe there will be a team out there, but what does he have to give you at this point? I, I mean, I know most Islander fans have been unhappy with his play. Uh, I've seen his play. I've never been a big fan of Josh Bailey. I've always thought of him as a, a, a meh vanilla player that really doesn't do a whole lot. He has 23 points in 43 games, including three goals. Three. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. For a guy who's supposed to be a top or a middle six option, he's a minus 10. I'm not saying that plus minus is a great in, in indicator of defensive play, but Josh Bailey has never been a great defensive player. He's been a barely fringe above average defensive player. Uh, I, I don't I don't like his game at all. I'm not really a fan. Um <laughs> But then again, uh, I I don't know who gives up what. Maybe maybe if it's a pennies on the dollar type trade, because I don't I don't know what the Islanders get for a player like him. But um, again, his contract isn't good either. It, yeah. I, I mean, he's making five million for what another I think two years after this one. Yeah, I believe it's two more years. Yeah, two more years right. after this one at five million even. So yeah. Um, I I I just don't know who gives up what for that type of deal and helps get rid of what I think is a waste of cap space. So we'll see. I'm going to go, I'm going to go beer by the way. And uh, the only reason I'll get into why it's not a shot in a second, but yeah, three goals, 20 assists. You're not really getting him at peak value at the moment, but he was really good in the playoffs the last three years for the Islanders. He, he's, he scores big goals he led the team in scoring, I think, one of the two years or second in in all three of the years that the Islanders went deep in the playoffs. But three goals, you're, you're not going to get that much. But then again, hell, Taylor Hall still got a, a first-round draft pick and uh, a prospect that went the other way. That He only had two goals last year when he was a Buffalo Sabre. But it's just... Uh, you know, I I think it's more of a move you can make at the draft and you can find a team like Arizona that's just going to take on a salary and then that's going to be it. But, you know, he plays good in the playoffs. That's the one reason why I think a, a team might come calling. So, yeah, well, we'll see about that. I mean, I don't think he has any trade protection. I would have to take a look real quick. Uh, yeah. No, he does not have trade protection at all. So he can just be moved wherever. But I mean, looking at his uh, his postseason play, I mean, he had 13 points in 19 games last year, and then the year before he had 20 in 
20. But he only had two goals in that 2020 run out of those 20 points. And he had six in 19 games last year. So, I mean, yeah, his playoff stats were decent in the playoffs these last three postseasons he's had. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying that. And I wonder how much it is uh, due to the, uh, the players around him just playing as well as they have. So I think he had some chemistry with the B line, but after that, I mean, now that there's their, their chemistry has been a little bit lacking. They, he, I don't know. There's something's been missing with their, those guys this year. And that's the reason why Barry Trotz has had to move them around. Philk, we've talked about the Edmonton Oilers goaltending situation a lot over the last three months. Do you remember in the first two months when we talked about Jack Campbell being as good as Ekers as Turkin? Because the Toronto Maple Leafs badly need a goalie at the deadline. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I I don't know where they get their goaltending from. Uh, there's not really any goaltenders available. Mark Andre Fleury does he wave to go to Toronto? I, I mean. I think Toronto's kind of stuck with what they have. Uh, I'm going to say only a beer here just because of the fact that I think Campbell can rebound and, and still play well for them. I think they need other things. I, I, I like the Ilya Labushkin acquisition, but I, I think they need more bottom six depth. Uh, I would, I would prefer, if I'm Toronto, I want one of either two things. I want another top six forward or I want another bottom six forward at this point. Um, I would love to get a top-level defenseman in, but I, I don't know who's going to really be available for that at this point. So, Do you want to see some numbers that are, can scare you for a second? Now, let me get into this, because on Twitter last night, or before I went to work, somebody put up a, a Venn diagram Then it had in the middle, good offense, good goalie. And it had Campbell listed as a good goalie. No. Uh, what? Yeah. First off, by the way, before I even get too far into my my answer, I'm buying everybody around on this. Holy shit, they need a goalie. Because, are you ready for this, Philk? These are Campbell's numbers since December. Yeah. Dear his, his goals against has ballooned to 255, which is just bad because of those numbers. And then, hold on, I did the stat package for Peter Morazic. Yeah. So, it's... And those are worse. The only person yeah. who's got a who's got a goals against it even compares to Peter Morazic is is Jordan Bennington. But we're gonna go back to to Campbell. This is since December. I know the twenty wins are right there. That doesn't matter. They need a goalie. You're not winning with 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 Jack Campbell. It's not Here, happening. Here's the thing: if you look at Jack Campbell's career numbers. Um, he has, this is the most games he's played in a season. Ever. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, he only played 22 games last year and he was solid for them last year. Um, the year before he only played 26 games between LA and Toronto. Uh, and then the year before that for LA in 2019, he played 31 games. So, I mean, this is probably him hitting a wall. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I, I don't like, uh, I, I think if he gets some rest, he could end up rebounding. They're going to have to play Morazic a bit down the stretch, but that's worrisome because Peter Morazic has just been horrible for them. I think he's got a 900 save percentage. 
I think if you be... go out and you get a you get a, a a legitimate top four defenseman for Toronto, I think you can help solve a lot of the problems by helping alleviate their play defensively. Um, if they went out and got a package of like Lekkonen and Sherratt, Toronto, um, I think that could do wonders for them. Because even though Sherratt, I don't think of him as a legitimate top four defenseman. I think he's a guy that could play in there in a pinch. And Lekkonen could help on in their bottom six. And it would help improve their overall defensive play. Which would allow them to put Peter Morazic in, in net more. And rest Jack Hamill a little more going down the stretch. Because Toronto, I mean, in, in the standings right now, they should be more than good enough to, to keep a playoff spot. Even though... Boston's only four points behind them, but they've got a game in hand on Boston. And I'm not convinced that Boston's all that great of a team. So, yeah, Boston is turning it on. Um, they could have made my top 10. I decided to keep them out for the LA Kings um, when we did the power rankings. But this, I mean, this Toronto, oh my goodness, the, the, that game against Detroit where they had defense optional, a 10 7 game. Well, that'll do it. That'll that'll help balloon your 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 numbers up big time. Yeah, but it that's that's still it points to both the gold that when you give up ten or sorry when you give up seven I mean yeah that's you, bad. yeah that points to bad defense and bad goaltending. Yeah, there's there's no way to go. Uh, some of them weren't the goalie's fault. They just one of those one of the goals I'm referring to is did you see the one that Campbell gave the puck away behind the net? And you get the people that go, oh, that really wasn't the goalie's fault. He gave it away to somebody right away, throwing it front and wide open net. You know, you're a goalie. You're supposed to stay in the net. I heard that rumor one time. So big, if true. But again, the Toronto Maple Leafs badly need a goalie. And, you know, I always say when you're talking about the games played thing, I always call it the Yaroslav Halak uh, bridge because he broke down at 60 games and throughout his career. And then he played with the Islanders and remember the year, the 2015, when the Islanders were fantastic. He broke down at the end because he, he wasn't accustomed to playing that many games. So, and he was also in a tandem for a while with uh, both Carey Price and then it was Brian Elliott right after that. Elliott, so, yep. so, all right. Philk, number 61 goes up in the Raptors tonight in Columbus. Rick Nash is a Hall of Famer. Shot. And I hate to say shot because I do like Rick Nash, but the numbers aren't good enough. They're not good enough. He's not even close to a point per game player in his career. Um, if you look at the vast majority of NHL players that are in the Hall of Fame, unless you're in there for being one of the best defensive defensemen or one of the best defensive forwards, and you have multiple Selkies or Norris's without big offensive numbers, you're just not going to get in there. Um, if Pat Verbeek didn't get in, why should Rick Nash? Because Pat Verbeek's got better numbers. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. And, yes, yeah. I know Pat Verbeek also played in a more offensive time. But, uh, I mean, Rick Nash, 437 goals, 805 points in 1060 games. Pat Verbeek, 522 goals, 1062 points in 1424 games. And Pat Verbeek was a guy, I believe – they had the same amount of 40 goal seasons, actually. Verbeek had, yeah, three, and Nash had three. Nash also co won a Rocket Richard, which was good. Um, but 
and was a few time all star, unlike Verbeek. But yeah, I, 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 I agree with Nash getting his number retired by Columbus. Uh, he absolutely deserves that. He's still the best player in their history until Zach Wierenski probably takes that over. But um, I, I would say that Rick Nash is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say shot on this one too, and it's it's something that I I don't want to sound like I'm slamming Rick Nash at all because hell the the Ranger fans have done that pretty much for the last decade, but it was he'll ne- he'll never get his credit where credits due in New York. Yeah, but that being said, no, I mean I was trying to pass him in with his Olympic play and international play. But it's still not good enough. Uh, he, he he's not a name that rolls off the tongue when you're talking about how great of uh, a Hall of Famer that he's going to be. No, he's just not. He's the best player in the history. And again, I'm happy for him to get this honor with Columbus. But no, it's um, uh, no, it's it's just not. So we're gonna move on from there. Here's a conundrum speaking about trade deadlines and uh, possible uh, players moving Nashville should trade Phil Forsberg. Yeah, because I don't see how he fits there going forward. I'm going to buy a round on this. Um, They should try to do everything that they can to get the best possible package for Phil Forsberg. Um, You, you, you look at that team and you got to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, he's going to command a significant raise to, I would say, probably at least $9 million over what he's making right now. I mean, he's having a big year. This could be a career year or an out, not really an outlier year, but a career year for him. Um, but, yeah, he's an incredible talent. Uh, he's going to hit – he's going to make bank when he hits the free age market because he's definitely not going to resign with them. Um, I don't know – how they're going to have the cap space going forward. Yakov Trenin's going to need a new deal as an RFA. Luke Cunning as well. Um, and then, you know, Matt Benning and Ben Harper, not really anything big, but UC Soros, he, he's now making $5 million. You're going to have to go get a, a backup for uh, UC Soros because David Riddick comes off the books after this year. Um, I don't know how they get a deal done. Eventually, you're going to have to move on from guys like um, Duchesne and Johansson as they start to get older. Roman Yossi's contract is big. Philip Myers has another year left after this, and then he hits RFA status. Dante Favreau is another one. They're both making about almost the same AAV, about $2.5 million, and then their uh, RFAs after next season. So I don't know how they fit all this cap going forward with the guys that need RFA raises in the next uh, year or two. So I don't want to say buy around, but if they, I'm going to go, I guess I'm going to go with beer for right now. Then I was going to do a butt and then buy around, but I'll say this. They drop out of the playoff race. Like if the stars overtake them and maybe they're not within reach, you got to sit down with him. You got to hammer this out. You got to figure out what his intentions are. Can will he resign? Because I know he wants to stay. He wants to stay in Nashville, but I, I just it Bennett, he's going to be the number one free agent on the market, maybe the number two. And I'm not sure if he wants to stay. I haven't heard anything about. I mean, all right. 
Remember Ilya Kovalchuk and how he said he wanted to stay? Mm-hmm. All these other guys tell you that they want to stay and everything like that. But here's the thing. If he's not giving you a definitive yes and agreeing to staying and you're not this close to getting a deal done by that deadline, move him. Yeah, especially when you're a fringe team. They're not winning the Stanley Cup with them. Nope. So uh, they, they actually could go on a run, but... And who's to say you're not getting back somebody? Yeah, John Devera said he wanted to stay. Yeah. But when when you're going to be the number one free agent, the, the union will also pressure you to move on as well. So Because they want the contracts to keep going up. Exactly, exactly. Because, by the way, who do you think is going to make more next year, him or Johnny Gaudreau? Gaudreau. Okay. Because, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those two. But... A team that is competing with Vegas, a team that's competing with Nashville right now in the playoff race is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas is in danger of not making the playoffs. And I'll start this. I'm buying everybody around. I know when people say all the time, and this was a big story, that uh, Vegas is doing the Tampa Bay method. Uh, they're just acquiring talent and shoving them on IR. And then when there's no salary cap in the playoffs, just activate everybody and go. And I said last year, that's a dangerous proposition to do. Yeah, we're seeing that right now because Vegas badly needs all those players on the roster. And some of them are injured, like Mark Stone's injured. But it's just, they're right now, they're, they're not firing. They're, they're not playing well. They didn't, they didn't make any of our top tens and they were in our top five in the last power rankings and it, it should scare them, but I, 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 I don't think they're going to make it or they're in danger. I should say, I should. I'm going to say beer. I, I don't, I'm not going to buy anybody around on this. It's yeah. They're not playing well right now, but I mean, and Mark Stone being injured really, really, does. really hurts. But like, They've still got a ton of talent. Um, they're going to figure it out. They're they're going to be fine. They've got an experienced head coach, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him myself, and I know you're not. No. But um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, I I think they will figure it out. They're they're going to be fine. It's just a matter of um, just a matter of getting their bearings right, and I, I think that they will, and they're they're going to be fine. I, I just I don't see this team missing the playoffs. I think there's too much talent still without Stone. Just they need to have one of those players meetings and they need to really get everybody back on track and, and say, hey, you know what? We got to make this push until Stone gets back and we can you know stop our cap circumvention. So but uh, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll make it. I, I still think it's a dangerous thing to try a cap circumvention because you still got to make the playoffs in order to get that cap circumvention. It's, that's where it is. Just it's it's too hard, but we're gonna cut bar shot uh, bar talk right there. Ugh, you can tell I haven't operated on much sleep. But what do you guys think, Rick Nash, Hall of Famer? Can the Islanders move Josh Bailey? Rangers just say no to JT Miller, and think the Phil Forsberg should be on the move in Vegas, Mick, and not make the playoffs. Put it all down in the comments below. Uh Liberty Bibbity. Yeah, Liberty Bibbity. You know Mutual. what? I I just I detest Liberty Mutual commercials. That one I like. 
So um, that one, and I think there's like two of the emu commercials. All the rest of them, it's like, oh my goodness, it's terrible. Yeah. Phil, unfortunately, we have some uh, current headlines to talk about. And there's the monkey wrench was thrown into this whole thing last night, but or yesterday when I found out extra news. CCM hockey is not using Alexander Ovechkin or Rocky of Russian hockey players in their marketing. Uh, according to agent uh, Daniel Milstein, my clients have been getting death threats. My clients' babies have been called Nazis on Instagram. My clients on the streets have been told to get the F out of the country. Most of the, um, most of them are in a tough spot because they can't speak. Some of them are concerned for their families back home. Capitals GM Brian McClellan said there's a lot of pressure put on them to have a political opinion either way. And they're trying what uh, to paraphrase, by the way, now what their political opinions are and repercussions back home, because you got to think about that repercussions back home. And then That's why you keep politics out of sports. Right. And then I found this one out yesterday. Uh, the Capitals banned Ukraine flags and Russian flags at the games. Is the treatment of Ru Russian hockey players right now fair? They're all in a bad place. Did anybody see what happened last year with Artemi Panarin? Thank you. Did anybody, did anybody keep their eyes and ears open during that? Because if you did, you would know why Alexander Ovechkin is afraid to say anything. And I, I know, oh, but this is a guy that's been a Putin lackey for so long. Now. You don't you don't do this in that in this type of time right now. You don't put any pressure on him to say one thing one way or another. He's already said that he doesn't want war. He doesn't want any of this. But it, it, it you can't put a player like this in a position because you want a player to align with your political beliefs or anything like that or or anything. And this is stupid. This is this is not about it's not about political beliefs. This is about protecting people's families and lives right now. So let's remove politics from sports and stop villainizing players that just want to be here and play hockey and raise families. Because that's what these guys are. They're humans. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 not, they're not political puppets. They're not political propaganda. They're not political pieces of meat. Stop it. Stop it. It, it, take, take this element away and let the politicians and the CNN and Fox News and all those other political media news outlets, let them talk about hockey or uh, about politics and war and all this other stuff. Stop asking these athletes who could say one thing and have their families dead in a ditch in Siberia because you want them to, to be anti-Putin. Listen, I, I don't like Vladimir Putin either. I, I don't. I, I think he, the world would be better if he didn't exist. I, I think everybody could agree on that for the most part. But asking someone like Alexander Ovechkin to denounce anything that he has to do or has had to do in the past with Vladimir Putin in this type of situation, when you know what happened with Artemi Panarin, is morally and, and just fiscally irresponsible you are and you know what if you want to take the russian athletes off of the ccm advertisements fine fine they still have their contracts with those with with, with those companies 
you know, uh, these guys still have their contracts with CCM and they don't have to be on the, the, the faces of CCM hockey. You know, Con- Connor McDavid is already the face of CCM hockey. We don't need Alexander Ovechkin to be the face of CCM hockey. You know, we don't, we don't need that. What we need is for these guys to be protected, for their families to be protected, for their loved ones and their friends to be protected. So it, it, it think, think about, think about their lives, not about your political opinions, not about the way that you want them to align, not about anything else. Think about their families. You want to talk about how you're empathetic and how you're this and that. Well, show empathy for their families then. Show empathy for their families and shut your damn mouths. I'm going to say these words in the same thing I said last year when this happened with Artemi Panarin. Thank God I'm American because I can make a political statement right now and not have the fear of police coming to my door to take me away forever for a lot of these networks and people that have opinions, uh, politically speaking, whether it was senators, whether it's uh, reporters, whether it's uh, whoever, just someone on Twitter, we just had the Olympics in China and Nancy Pelosi was telling people don't speak out against the Chinese government. It's, I mean, where were they this month where they they were, they weren't getting opinions on all that. They took away. Um, oh, good. We actually have Mr. Anthony LaRocco joining us on on this. Uh, they took away the the World Juniors from Russia in 2023. They could easily reinstall that. Mm. It's it's just there's, you know what? Why are we asking their opinions? Is, is if 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 he comes out right now, Alexander Ovechkin says, "Hey." Um, I, I I don't want I don't want war. What's he doing? Throw throw him out of there. Is Putin going to stop? What what do you think is going to happen, mm-hmm. Anthony? So irresponsible. Really yeah, is. yeah. Anthony, jump in on this. The Russian hockey players being oh sorry. Actually, by the way, everybody, let me give Anthony a better introduction and his banner, of course. Uh, Oh, all right, I lost it. I don't have it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get okay. it. You, you have lost it. I'm, I'm losing my mind today. Yeah, and there we go. <clears throat> Anthony, so or is the treatment of Russian hockey players fair right now? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, we can't just because they're Russian, we can't associate them with what's going on right now in this world. Uh, you know, a lot of them, um. You know, I mean, Ovechkin spoke out about it. Sure, he supported Putin in the past, but he said all the right things uh, last week. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think like you know, for instance, CCM not using him as a um, kind of as like a poster boy anymore. I, I don't really think that's particularly right. Um, like Phil can said in our text is basically just like you know cancel culture, um, and I, I don't know. I just. Uh, I just, I just can't get around them being treated like this. I know Dan Milstein said that, um, you know, a lot of his Russian clients had to get extra security around them because, you know, they were getting threats and stuff. And that's just, that's just not right. People are, are idiots threatening them. Like not just because they're Russian doesn't mean they, they like what's going on. So um, I, I don't think they're being treated fairly right now, but um, unfortunately due to the climate of the world right now, I guess it's par for the course, but it doesn't mean that it's right. No, 
And it's just like when 9-11 happened and all the Middle Eastern uh, people that lived in this country were, were being, you know, they had racist things shouted at them. They were accused of being terrorists and spies and everything. Japanese like during World War II. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Camps. and that's another thing, too. Yeah. You could go we could go even further back. Nationalistic attitudes are what what's killing us right now. And 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 yeah, and this comment from Brody kind of says it all. Like they're just here to play hockey. Like how you you put these guys in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And I, I just don't get it. And you know what? And Rican brings up Rick Westhead here. Uh, you know, for, for all that Rick did with the the uh, the Kyle Beach and the Blackhawk situation and everything like that and that whole scandal, Rick kind of like drilling Alexander Ovechkin with this type of deal was just stupid because y- did you not see what happened with Artemi Panarin again last year? Like, why would you put somebody in that type of position? Why? Like, why would you do that? You've already we've already had an example of how this works. And any Ranger fans that want to want to crucify Ovechkin, all I have to tell you to do is go back and look at what happened last year with Panarin. Free Navalny, right? That was cool, right? Yeah, great. Artemi Panarin, look, he, you know, he, we, he's anti-Putin. That's great, right? That's why he had to take two weeks off to worry about the, the safety of his family. There are consequences to these things. Stop being so damn selfish. And again, don't put your Western ideals over where other cultures are different and other countries are different. I mean, there's there's many instances I can I can cite about this where athletes almost have to remain silent because uh, th- their lives are in danger if they speak up. So, uh, just uh, like it's just. No, don't don't do this. I don't know whether or not Igor Sesterkin is for or against Vladimir Putin. I have no idea. And I don't need to ask him. Because no. do you think anybody wants war? Do you think everybody's just going, hey, let's just have war? I'm I'm losing my train of thought. So no, I just it's it, it's just I, I don't think it's fair to be treating and I think it's actually xenophobic to be treating the the players like this. Because they've already spoken out. You, you've had um, one of the Russian... Ten- they've said no more war. That's like their politically correct way of, of saying this. But it's... Alexander it, it, Ovechkin it, has even said that. But yet people... people, Selfish people out there with their own political agendas want him to to uh, go um, and, and, and totally denounce Putin. Like the, Again... Just yeah. selfish because you're putting somebody and his family in a terrible position because of your your dis, displeasure and your distaste with Vladimir Putin. Again, again, the world would be better place without him. It would be a hell of a lot better of a place. And like well, Alexander Ovechkin lost his popularity in the last month. No, no, no. Still it the just, same guy. Still everything. So. Just enough is enough with this crap. Keep them out of it. Let them play and let them worry. Let them worry about other things. And, and you know what? They they've got their families to worry about. They don't need some virtue signaling assholes online sitting here. Oh, they should be coming out and denouncing him. No, they have their families to worry about. Not your not your ideals and not your standards. Okay, so get over yourself. Anthony, last word. Um, I mean, you guys. 
pretty, pretty much said it all. Um, don't, the only thing I kind of didn't like raise my eyebrow was um, I saw the the Capitol said that they're not allowing any they're not allowing any Ukrainian flags in the building um, or Russian flags. Yeah, That's or Russian part, flags. No. Um, but I mean, other teams like the Jet, the Winnipeg Jets were singing the you know the Ukrainian the, the Ukrainian national anthem in the game, and um, you know everyone should be supporting them right now and not I don't know, not allowing Ukrainian flags in the building. I think is a little little weird but um, they're trying to be neutral and trying not to seem one-sided and i, I well get i mean there's clearly there's, there's there's only one side you really should be on right now so i don't know why they would want they're trying to I, do that i get but, it but it sends a um, bad message yeah i mean i guess but i listen i mean i really don't have I anything fully else to say agree with it, it no but i understand why they're doing it well i I, I, I'm shaking my head at this because the last thing I'm doing is going to put these these guys in the middle of a situation that can end up costing them their lives when they go back home. And uh, just to look no further than Panarin. That's all you need to do. What do you guys think? Are we being unreasonable or is the treatment of Russian occupiers being fair right now? Throw it all down in the comments below. Anthony, I'm glad I have you back on because I was – hold on, folks, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll just highlight that as the last thing I'm going to say. Yeah, um, Anthony, one reason why I'm glad to have you back is I have to ask you a very important question: Is this a goal? Yeah, um, I saw so many of these um, the day after um, the next brand, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I here's what I'll say about it. Um, so it was called it was called a goal on the ice, and then it was overturned. And you Bingo. guys know the rule. And you guys know the rule when something when something is like really, really when it's really inconclusive or or it's really too close to say, it can't re- it shouldn't it, c- it can't really be overturned. If it was the other way around, it was ruled no goal. Then yeah, but the fact that it was ruled a goal and it really, really looks <laughs> almost impossible to call to me, that's inconclusive, which means the goal should stand. So. Um, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The Islanders aren't going anywhere, but, um, the, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it was, I don't think it should have been overturned. I mean, you can make a case that it was over the line. You can make a case that maybe it wasn't, um, to me inconclusive. The goal should have stayed because it was called a goal. But the, the one I mean, thing that I'll say in regard to that is that they didn't say that it was inconclusive. They determined that the puck wasn't over the line. So if they would have came and they would have given you the inconclusive answer, then I would absolutely agree with what you're saying. It's uh, it's and now you got to get to the playoffs and they got to have the goals, uh, the the um, cameras in the net. Thank you so, very much, by the way, Rican. We appreciate Rican, it. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, Anthony, since uh, we got you back, and uh, again, uh, everybody, our schedules have been all over the place lately. So sorry about that. Uh, I got to ask you this question too, to splice in for the Islanders comment, but Noah Dobson, is he becoming a star? I mean, he's, he's certainly blossomed this season. And I, you know, I said on my Twitter, he's, he's been one of the few bright spots of the season. And, you know, he's, he's got 10 goals that I, Mark, I sent you that, well, you, in our group chat that, uh, that's that, you know, since December 9th, he has the most goals out of all defensemen in the NHL. Um, you know, they say young defensemen take longer to develop. 
Uh, the Islanders brought him along really slowly. This is his first full 82-game season. You know, prior years, you know, obviously last year was a shortened season. The year before that, he was sparingly used. Um, so in his first full season, he's he's really becoming the player that I think a lot of Islander fans thought he'd be when he was drafted. Um, there was a reason why, you know, Phil wanted him on the Rangers that year. And um, it, it's he's I think he has the the capability of being an upper echelon defenseman in this league. Uh, I mean, the fact that, you know, the guy's on pace to have, you know, 44 points and, and 16 goals, whatever it is, is really impressive. So, um, you know, I. I I think that he's coming along really well. And uh, I don't know, depending on what your definition of a star is, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could be a 50-point a defenseman in this league. Um, and it's a blessing for the Islanders because now you have you have Ryan Pollock and Noah Dobson as your as your top two D on the right side. I mean, and then Scott Mayfield, who's a formidable number four as your bottom pairing guy on the right side. I mean, that that's that's really good for the Islanders, but uh, yeah, no adoption. His confidence that he's playing with, you could just see it in his game. Well, I mean, as Phil said before, it's just as as Ranger fans, you're you're sitting back and saying, dear, dear God, we're going to have to deal with this guy a lot over the next few years. So uh, a bunch of years. So, oh, uh, and Mike, thank you very much. And, uh, and with that, we're going to start our Q&A and a little bit of Hockey talk. Uh, what was? Oh, uh, Anthony. By the way, you got any bet recommendations? Uh, oh, Palmieri just scored. It's his seventh goal in ten games. The guy's waking up. It's about time. Oh, wow. Actually, I didn't. I don't even know that they were on right now. No wonder yeah, why I keep on looking over your shoulders. <laughs> two nothing. We're gonna take. Um, we're gonna take some of your questions. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. Palmieri, it's it's. I doubt he's going to be Andrew Ladd. We'll we'll say it like that. There's no way he can be, right? No, he's Andrew I mean, Ladd. He's he's broken the tie <laughs> with Andrew Ladd, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's good to see. I mean, if if anything, maybe at least he gets some confidence, and next season he kind of starts anew. But um, it's good to see him start scoring. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I still, I still don't understand Phil how how people think that the the Maple Leafs are going anywhere with this goaltending. Uh, one of the things I brought up, Anthony, was well, that the the Maple Leafs badly need a goalie. That was in the bar talk, but look at those stats for Jack Campbell the last year. So that last, the last mean, year, last three months. If, in all fairness, that those aren't good numbers, but Jack Campbell has been kind of like a revelation for them since you know he became Looks like their they're guy. Challenging you know? this, Anthony. Yeah, I know. I just saw. Yeah. Um, you know, Campbell. Uh, Campbell was a guy who had a lot of potential when Dallas drafted him. Um, I, I think they First they envisioned 10, him. I think they envisioned him being the next. You know, their their goalie of the future, and uh, it just didn't work out. Um, he kind of toiled in the minors for a little bit, um, you know, didn't. And then, you know, Toronto gave him gave him an opportunity. He ran with it. So he's been pretty good for them. The stretch he's on right now wasn't good. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think he's he's good enough that they could compete. Um, but, you know, as I said in the past, I just don't like Ooh. the makeup of Toronto's team overall. That might get called back. 
All right, here we go. Then I'm actually looking at this over Anthony's shoulder. So am I, because I think Anthony's ahead no of goal. no as goal. As soon as he put up his his hands like this, yeah, you're, you're, you're Anthony. You're about out. like ten. You're about like five plus seconds ahead of my feed. So I didn't I didn't get to see any of the replays really. So I, I, um, I can't there, make he, an opinion it, on it. Um, Bellows knocks uh, Bennington stick out of his hand and um, there's a little contact. Um, he doesn't allow him to play. It's not like egregious, but it's, it's enough to the point where I think they made the right call. Yeah. There it, technically he's like out. He's out of the crease, but he's still interfering with him. Uh, I wonder if they'll show it again. Yeah, well, I'm gonna take take a look on that. Uh, in general, out of the way. Good morning, Leo. Um, but, as I was saying with Toronto, I just don't. I mean, I just don't think Toronto. They need they need to make they need to make adjustments at the trade deadline. Um, you know, they got waxed by Buffalo the other night, which again, yep. it's one game, but I don't know. I don't. I I see the same problem facing them. I mean, they're too top heavy. Um. I mean, Michael Bunting's been a little bit of a revelation for them. Um, you know, he he adds some more, you know, secondary scoring for them. Um, but I, I don't like the makeup of that team. Um, and the division they play in, they're likely going to be the three seeds. So that means they're going to draw, you know, either Tampa Bay and, and, or Florida in the first round. And I don't I don't see them beating any of those teams, especially especially Tampa Bay. They're a little more seasoned experience, as good as Florida is. Um, you know, they haven't been there a lot lately, so maybe that could come into play. But I don't think they get out of the first round in that division. I really don't. Like I look at I, I look at Florida as the better version of Toronto. You might want to say this holes in their goaltending, but uh, Toronto's the best uh, player. Toronto's not be a I don't know. I, I think Florida has a better defense. And yeah. I think they have more depth too. I, I, I don't I, I can't say that they're a better version because that would imply that Florida's a little top heavy themselves, but they they're not super top heavy. They've got two incredible superstar players, and then they've got a bunch of real good supporting depth players scoring wise. Like you got your Bennett, your Reinhardt, your Duclair, um, Trocheck, or no Trocheck's in Carolina. Sorry, uh, I keep saying that. I don't know why, but um, I mean guys like that that can come in and help them out. But yeah, uh, Anthony, best player to be traded at the deadline. With term, probably Jacob Chikrin. Um, uh, and then even overall, I think he might be the best player to be traded. Uh, I mean, Claude Giroux at his age, I mean, he's still really good. So, I mean, Giroux is a possibility. Um, where do you have Giroux going? Um, Colorado. I think that's where his preferred destination is. Uh, Minnesota, I heard he'd be willing to go to. Um you know, one of those teams. Um, and what I was just about to say was uh, I, I saw Dave Pagnota was on NHL Network and he mentioned how the, <laughs> I mentioned this he, earlier. He mentioned how the, the avalanche checked in on Patrick Kane, which is which is can you imagine Patrick Kane going to the avalanche? I mean, I just no, hand them no. hand them Lord Stanley at that point. Just 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 hand it to him. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go with these words. Chris Berman always says that's why they play the games. 
Because, I mean, there's been lots of times where a team on paper, you look at them and go, this team should win. And then they, they end up losing in five in the first round. Look no further. Tampa Bay versus Columbus. How so, would Minnesota fit Patrick Kane under the cap after this season? I don't know. Wow, that's well, who's talking about Kane in Minnesota? I was just at Colorado. Oh, that's Drew. That's right. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. But now, minute now, you're talking about Drew. Drew's off the books at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew's yeah off the books at the end of the year. Um, yeah, so that's player to be traded at the deadline. Mine. Yeah, Philip Forsberg. I think I might have to agree with that because I, I think if Nashville drops out, then then it's it's going to be Forsberg. You know, going going back to to Minnesota quick, I was talking about this, uh, and I briefly mentioned it in our group chat, but in our we had a game last night in our locker room, we were talking about the MVP, and the more the more I actually think about it, the more the more I think Kirill the Thrill should actually should actually win it. Because, again, as I said to you guys, I reiterated, I reiterated in the locker room, my teammates were talking about it. All right. Dry Saddle has McDavid, vice versa. Huberto has Barkoff and a, a cast of really high-scoring Panthers. Um, you know, Kadri has all the superstars on Colorado. Um, who does Kirill Kaprizov plays with Ryan Hartman, Zuccarello, Kevin Fiala? I mean, these guys are... These guys are just, you know, average to good players. And Kaprizov has 67 points. Without mm-hmm. without Kirill Kaprizov, if you take him off the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Wild are are nothing. nothing. Kirill Kaprizov is the engine that drives them. And to that same token, which is why I think Shosturkin should be a finalist. I think it should be Kaprizov, Shosturkin, and Ovechkin if you really think about the true definition of MVP. You take those guys off their teams, and it's not – I, I don't think they're going to be particularly very good. Both Kaprizov and Minnesota, I mean, the guy's the guy's excellent skater, passer. He can score. And, again, he's playing with Ryan Hartman, making him a 22-goal scorer. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, how, I, I think he's the definition of most valuable player. I, I, really, I really do. I think I mean, he's, he's got a case. I, I agree with you. I think he's got a case. It's just a matter of whether he'll actually be a finalist or not. He probably won't, but, I mean, he really Okay, should. so, I mean, all right, think about this. He's tied for fourth in the league in scoring with yep. Matthews, Kadri, who is probably the fourth best player on his team, um, and Johnny Gaudreau. And Johnny Gaudreau, Calgary doesn't have a great, great roster. No. Johnny Gaudreau deserves some real votes, too. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Kachuk's a really good player. I mean, Elias Lindholm okay. has what twenty-eight goals or whatever. It is. I mean, they have a lot. I agree. I get what you're saying, but they have they have a lot more talent. Like I think his cast around him, Kachuk, Majiapani, Lindholm, are more. But what was Majiapani before this season? And is Majiapani season an outlier, or is he the real deal? Well, what did he score last year? Didn't he have a pretty good season last year too? Uh, I think like eighteen goals. Okay. Now, by the way, in almost the same situation with Florsberg, because Goudreau's set the big UFA as well. I mean, he's going to break the bank. I mean, I keep saying the the Islanders, they, I think Ledecky's going to want to go big game hunting. Lou Lamorello doesn't have that profile for big game hunting, but I think they're going to go after Goudreau. 
And the only one had 18 goals last year. Okay. I I think Forsberg would be more the target than Gaudreau just because I feel like Forsberg's more of a a pure goal scorer, what they they could use pairing a Barzell. And also, I mean, I've heard some more traction that Gaudreau might stay in Calgary. Um, So I'm not as positive as I was maybe a month or two ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think Gaudreau, if he does leave Calgary, I think it's no secret that he wants to go play in Philly. So I, I don't. I don't know necessarily if he if he'd be a target for that reason. Um, oh, and then I just where uh, are you hearing this from, Rican? Where where are you hearing that from, Rican? Because I haven't heard anything about Sammy Blay skating anytime soon. That would that would be a, a great thing, but also, by the way, that's far from taking contact and throwing a check. Yeah, so, exactly. So this uh, right here, um, get the best pick possible. Um, try to get Lambert. I mean, obviously Shane, right? But you have to win the lottery for that to happen. Um, Which right now they're ninth. Yeah, try to somehow get Brad Lambert. I mean, that that would be a great coup for the Islanders. But um, yeah, but again, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they'll drop further enough. But who knows? But that that would be my my draft, Leo. I guess here's um here's here's another question for you, specifically for you. Do you think the Islanders keep the team together, or? I mean, I think we already went over this, and I, I think I think Lou um, has similar feelings. I, I think like the Islanders believe that um, they have the great, they have a lot of really good pieces in place with Dobson and Wallstrom, Barzell, Pellick, Pollock, you know, Sorokin, Nelson. Um, you know, I don't. I think that Lou's just going to make some fine tune changes. I think he's going to let. Uh, I think he's going to try to find what he's moved Bailey to deadline in the summer. Same thing with Varlamov. Clutterbuck will probably go. He's got a lot of cap space, um, you know, and kind of, you know, remake the top six or top nine, if you will. So, um, I, no, I, so yeah, I think he's going to keep the team together and um, big moves before the deadline. Nothing earth shattering. Um, I mean, I listen, I, I think if he can make Jacob Trickern work, I don't see it, but. He's exactly what they need. I think he would look to do that because it's a move for now and the future. But my my prediction, if you're asking me, I think Clutterbuck's move because he's a pending UFA. Um, according to Dave Peñota, a lot of teams are checking in on him. Um, I think if Chara is okay with moving, because I know he doesn't want to be too far away from his family, being it's his last opportunity to win a cup, I think Lou will do right by him and move him um, for one last opportunity there. And then I think... Uh, Either Josh Bailey or Simeon Verlamov are traded. That's that's my that's my prediction for the Islanders. Uh, could he? Yeah, could he? Like I said, could he make a move like a hockey trade for the future or Jacob Chikrin? Sure, he can. But I think a lot of Lou's moves are going to be in the summertime. Do you, can the Islanders? Can the Islanders move Josh Bailey at the deadline? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I think they can. Um, you know, Pagnota said teams have sniffed around him too. So, um, you know, and at the end of the day, he's got two years left. I think after this, five million um, with the way salaries are escalating. I mean, all things considered, it's not for some teams. It wouldn't put them in a cap crunch. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's movable. Uh no, it's not a guarantee, but I, I do think he's I do think he's movable. And if you look at his his playoff performances the last two years, he's actually had a real solid playoff. So I so I think a team looking for 
some veteran leadership and a guy who, you know, picks up his game come playoff time. If they can get him on the cheap, you know, third, fourth round pick. Um, I think the Islanders would look to do it. I, I, I don't, I don't think they get much for him. I don't, I think, I think he's an expensive third line player. Um, I don't see him as a top six option. Uh, three goals this season. Nope. That's, that's going to be a big yikes for me, especially at 5 million. And I, I wonder how much of his playoff success has to do with him himself, as opposed to the guys that he's been playing with. He was playing with the two other B's and they were playing really well in the playoffs. So I, I, I don't know about Josh Bailey. I really don't. John, by the way, thank you for your, the, the chat of the, the super chat, but also thank you for your support all the time and always watching us. Thank you. Yeah. Really do appreciate that. John's always in my final buzzer segments. So I always yeah. know he's there. Always does good stuff and always brings some good chats. Um, and Sean, you're right about that. You're right about this. Cause after all, I mean, heck, I remember 1997 where Alexei Kovalev was talking about potentially playing in the Stanley Cup finals if they make it. And that was after he tore his ACL in January. Yeah. Might have been or late December. And that's 1997. So yes. But again, the difference between, say for instance, uh like an agile guy or when you get a physical player, they're throwing their body around, there's a chance they might hurt that knee again. They they don't want to take that risk. Um, that's why Anders Lee didn't come back, uh, until he was damn well good and ready. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would be hesitant, but I also make sure Sammy Blake could do it. And by the way, that would be a hell of an addition for the Rangers. Yeah, that would help. Uh, um, again, getting these fringe NHLers out of the lineup come playoff time would be just huge for this team. You can't have Greg McKegg. You can't have Julian Gochi. You can't have um, Johnny Brodzinski, even though I like Brodzinski more than I like McKegg. You can't have guys like that in the lineup. Patrick Nemeth can't be in the lineup come playoff time. And yeah. These guys are terrible, and they don't belong in the lineup. So you got you to gotta make sure that you have the best players playing, and the Rangers have got to go make a couple of moves to make sure that that happens if they want to win a playoff series. If they don't want to win – and they just want to, you know, be happy with getting to the playoffs, getting into the, you know, the first round, and they don't want to give up assets to, you know, kind of make, uh, I don't know, maybe more of a bigger splash move, maybe like a Mark Scheifele type move or something like that in the off season. Fine by me, but um, you got to commit to it one way or the other by the deadline. So let's see what happens. And Hunt, Dryden Hunt is another one. If he's anything more than thirteenth forward, bad. By the way. Uh... I'm here in streets of rage and I'm th- thinking about is, is that the same one that was like S and uh, the Capcom back in the nineties or is there's no, a street? I heard streets of rage, rage was, was Sega. That was Sega. Um, Capcom in the nineties was final fight. That was it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You know, All right. you know what's interesting? The, the, the Vegas golden Knights are an Oilers win away from finding themselves being outside of a, the playoff spot today. Yeah, Which, and that's where I, I that's where I think it's 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 interesting with Nashville because it's it's coming down to Nashville, Edmonton, and potentially Vegas 
for that final playoff spot, either the three seed or even just knocking them out completely. Right now, Edmonton, 64 points, and they're sitting in ninth place or one point out of a playoff spot by a tiebreaker. Well, so sorry, actually, if the, if the Oilers won, Vegas would bump Nashville out. I didn't realize Nashville has 64 points. But still, I mean, the point yeah. being is that Vegas, you would think, was – would be win the division lock for the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a fight right now with Edmonton and LA uh, Anaheim. It's, it's close. It's close out. Yeah. There. That's that, that, is. that race is going to get even better soon. Yeah. Because yeah, if they, if, if, if the, let's say they trade Floresburg and they get something back, like an NHL player who is kind of like when Kevin Fiala was dealt by them a few years ago. Fiala went to Minnesota, took off. What? Let's say yeah, that's you know what? Trading Forsberg, it, it, it's a similar situation with Columbus and Panarin that year. They knew he wasn't staying, but they wanted to they wanted to make a playoffs and make a run at it, so they rolled the dice. Um, Nashville, Poyle seems a little more conservative than Yarmo, but um, I don't know. I mean, if you trade Forsberg uh, – it's almost like you're waving the white flag, but how can you do that when you're right there? So I don't know. That's that's, how, that's all right. Here's that's, the other op, the other side of it. How can you go into that and then say to yourself, you know what? Hey, you know what? We could have gotten this, this, and this to help rebuild this team going forward and and build for the future when we didn't have a definite answer from him. Now that yeah, that's the I thing. Mean, I I mean the the. The other thing is what – I mean, I'm assuming based on Nashville's position right now, if they trade Forsberg, they would they would want at least a piece back that could help them now, being that they're still in the race. So what acquiring team is going to subtract from the roster to get Forsberg? You would think most teams would want to give up futures to make to keep their team really strong. But yeah, I, I got to assume Nashville would want some current players who can come in and help them right away and still make them compete. You know what? It's funny Sean says this because I've always had the sentiment that the Rangers would go out and make a move that was bigger than what most would expect. Call me crazy, but for some reason, why do I have this feeling like they could end up with Philip Forsberg? Wow. I, this is just a gut feeling. I said it about Shifley, and, and Shifley wouldn't shock me either if they went out because he's got term and Forsberg is going to be a little tougher because he doesn't have term, but Shifley has term. He's got two years left after this year and the Rangers, if they're going to go out and they're going to give up prime assets, they're going to go and do it for someone like that. But if you were to tell me that Philip Forsberg was going to cost a first round pick and, and either Vitaly Krafts over Nils Lundqvist and maybe another asset on top of that, like a lesser asset on top of that, I could absolutely see Chris Drury pulling trigger on that because I do think that Jim Dolan is definitely breathing down their necks to get something done. Well, what what happens if you do that, though, and then Forsberg, they, they can't retain him for whatever reason, whether he wants to go to the market or they can't squeeze him in? I, just... I, I'll go right there with you. You're right. You're, you're right about that, but I, I don't know if Dolan gives a crap about that right now. <laughs> I, I, that's thing, that's the thing. Go back to the JT Miller thing. The best way for the Rangers to do this is – Go out, get Andrew Kopp or Cal Yarncrook and get a defenseman and rebuild that. I do not think Andrew Kopp is going anywhere. 
I don't think I don't think Winnipeg is going anywhere. That's why Not, I think. neither do I. But yeah. I, I I think if anything, they would rather go forward with Dubois and and Cop as their top two centers, and really and yeah, and go with Mark Shifley. All right. So think of it this way: Winnipeg needs help on the wings, correct? Yeah, they're six yeah. points out of a playoff spot. But they, but that's not even that's not even the answer or not even the thing that I'm talking about. They need help on the wings going forward, correct? Poppy, thank you. By the way, thank you. Yeah, again, they need Poppy. help on the wings. Yeah. So if Winnipeg needs help on the wings, the Rangers need help at center. And if you bring in Mark Shifley, you could kind of soften the blow on giving up more assets on that deal by giving up someone like Capo Caco. Not that I'm saying it's the right move or not that I'm saying that it will happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're unsure about whether Capo Caco is a legitimate top six or top line forward going forward, and you have the chance to bring in Mark Shifley and secure your number two spot and then go get another winger elsewhere and, and help fill in that top six. And Jim Dolan is really kind of pushing for this whole all-in type thing. Maybe that's the move. I don't think you give up a Capo Caco yet. I, I don't either. I, I don't either. But I wonder if Jim Dolan is 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 doing what he's doing because we know that he's got his hands back on this team more than anything any other time period he has since 2004, since before the since before the 04 deadline. Yeah, because he was kind of still hands off in 2012 and 2013 and 2014. Um, I think he might have had something or some input with the Tortorella uh, firing, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I it's because again, I keep going back to this. You you go get Mark Shifley, and that would be idea. You know, I I I love Mark Shifley, but I, I just. I, what are you going to do? You to just take him and just stick him on the second line, and then that's it. He's not. Is he going to power play one? Is well, uh, is I, he would obviously be on power play oh. one. All right, then what are we going to do with Lafreniere and Kako for the rest of their careers? I guess that that gets to what you're saying. And uh, I know Shipey's on the deal. I think he's only making five point five for one more year. Or it's, 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 it's no, a reasonable like deal for two more years after this. Yeah, I, th- I think I fudged the numbers because I thought about Bo Horvat, who's only making 5.5 next year. That's guy I would, I would go get. Right? But I, I think sometimes when we think about these moves, you think about it video game wise and fantasy hockey wise. And then you don't think about like you, you get three great centers. You throw in one on the bench all the time. It's just. Here's the thing, Leo. I, I would agree with you, but what does the organization think of Capo Caco? That's the real question. And I, I, don't, know, I don't think there's any guarantee. I, I, I mean, he's had flashes where he's looked good, but I don't think he's. There's no. To me, there's no indication that he's a future star at all. I don't think that's a guarantee. So uh, I don't yeah. think it's a guarantee either at this point. Uh, I, 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 I think that he could be. I, I think there's still very much a possibility. But to, to insinuate that it's a guarantee is is just wrong. I, I think it's objectively wrong at this point. Um, I, I agree with Lucas here, though. I don't think they're uh, a caco package away from Sh- or, you know for Shifley uh, from winning, and that that's more of a over the top type move. 
and I, I, I don't, but I just wonder if they would or not, because I, I just feel like with Dolan putting his hands back on the team, I, I really do think that there is definitely a, a win now mindset as Sean is saying here. So um, mm. my elders on a power play right now for Anthony, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I just I get I get a bad vibe about Dolan right now. It's one of those things that I'm not. It's an uneasy feeling. I I think the one thing I'll point out is, and even though by the way I mentioned before about the goaltending conditioning, uh, again the the Yaroslav Halak rule as I used to call it, but I worry about Sisterkin and him his workload. So far, he's not breaking down. If anything, he's only looking better. But it, it, that's got to be a concern. But that being said, in the playoffs, nice play. They, they. Oh, what happened? Goal. Nice. Yeah, Dobson made a Dobson made a great pass to Nelson. You guys will see it in a minute. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see it over your shoulder because uh, my TV is actually yeah. what I what I use. Yeah, and a lot of the comments in the comment section are are, are right about this with you know with Kako you know. This one, he hasn't played in, in seven weeks. He can't judge his stats from Mr. Pops, Freshmeyer. Um, and then, you know, David Wood saying here, it's not really a guarantee, but he hasn't had the, the playing time post-Quinn in the top six to say he's worth trading. I, I, I totally agree with these comments. And uh, um, and Pop and Fresh, well, I, I owe my robust physique to your gelatinous goo. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a Simpsons reference that only yes. you and him are going to get. But um, I, you know, it's funny. Lucas makes another good point. Like, even if he's just a 40 uh, to 50 point two way guy with, you know, the the really good defense, you know, those are the types of guys that help you win. Um, Yeah, Leo, I I get it. He's a Finn and he's a homegrown Finn and he's a, he's a top two pick, but um, I, I, I just don't know how the organization views him. I'm not saying that, all this is the case. I, I, I'm just saying that I don't know how the organization views it. And I don't know what type of patience they're going to have with him because rich to elaborate on your question here, what's in my thoughts. Um, everything that happened last off season is really like the, the, the beginning of it. Um, when the team distanced himself from that statement that Dolan had, made about the whole Tom Wilson incident. Um, I, I, I think that was, I, I think that was a big thing. I, and I, I do think that there's just a, this, I don't know. It's just a vibe. I'm getting a gut feeling that they might go and make a, a, a bigger all in type move. So um, this is going to pertain to both of us, uh, all, all, all both of our teams. I mean, but Joe, Put it, put this in here. By the way, Joe, welcome to the show. No, Joe's uh, been in here before. I've seen him. All right, good. But uh, Georgiev not staying. Is Georgiev an RFA or is he UFA this year? RFA, but he's he's probably gone after this season. Probably because he wants to be a starter. So yeah. the goaltending trade market, if I'm a GM that needs a goalie, I'm picking up the phone, I'm calling, who first? Either one of you guys, go ahead. Say, say the three name guy, Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, that's so, got to be the guy. That's got to be the guy. 
After that, then it's probably Simeon Verlamov because you got one more year of him and a team like Edmonton or Toronto could really use him. Playoff experience, deep runs the last few years. I think Yorgiev's number three on that call. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I think I got to agree with it. Um, but I thought I had heard somewhere recently that Flurry might decide that he wants to stay in Chicago, which if that's the case, then – then that name gets crossed off the list. So yeah, uh, well, that, it was. I think it was Sarah Valley said something about that. Flurry might yeah. want to stay, but I think that was just speculation on his part. There was nothing that he actually heard. Like he just said, it's possible that Flurry. And I, 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 I remember seeing. Um, I think it was on his. Uh, I think it was on Daily Faceoff actually that he said it. He said that Mark Andre Flurry might prefer to. To stay there, but again, I, I think that's speculation. I, I don't think anybody knows at this point. I don't know if Mark Andre Fleury wants to uproot his family again. I mean, exactly, he's, he's already won. I mean, he's already he got not. three Stanley Cups. Yeah. Chris T threw out Martin Jones as a possibility. Oh, I mean, for what? As a backup? Okay. I, I think I think Martin Jones four years ago would be in the phone calls. I, I no, he yeah. he's. Since since that playoff run where he went to the Stanley Cup Finals with San Jose, after that he has been abysmal. And I can see Flurry going to Pittsburgh. As uh, I don't I don't think I could see that. If there's one place where I think he could go to, it's maybe there. But I I, I don't. I think with Jari playing as well as he's played this year, he just. And uh, Luke is saying, yeah, what is. Because I, I think if you're a team like, say, for instance, Edmonton, that you're going to want him to take the reins. And they were saying on an NHL network, uh, there's a bunch of, I think it was Marty Biron that was saying, you should have done this trade a month ago if you wanted to get a goalie. Because they have to work with the defense. They got to work with special teams. But I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've made no secret. I'm not in love with, with Georgie. I don't think he's. I don't think he was the guy to begin with. Um, I I think he's Benoit Lair's project, who has done very well. But once he gets off his angles, he's just well. That that that's the thing. Yeah. Alexander Georgiev has a starter's mindset. He really does. He needs to be a starter wherever he's going. He's going to play much better as a starter. And even if he's a starter, that gets you what like a nine ten save percentage. That's a decent starter. He's not going to be an elite type of guy. Um, but it, it just, you know, and, and Regan's right. Like the, the body language from him when they win is sometimes pretty bad. Like you, you just, it's not what you want to see from a guy that's, you know, your backup. You want to see him be happy for the team when they win, but he just, he looks miserable at times when they win. And I, I don't want to hear anything about how all oh, that's his personality. I've seen tons of clips in older games where he was the starter or he was splitting one A, one B with Hank, where he gets super hyped after a win. So uh he just I think the writing's on the wall here. Yeah, but where where are you gonna where's he gonna go that is gonna demand a spot? I can tell you right now he'd be an upgrade in Edmonton. He'd be a yeah. massive upgrade over those two piles of garbage in Edmonton. Koskinen oh, is just so terrible. Koskinen's I mean <laughs> Edmonton needs to get their next goalie move right. I mean, they've struggled to get a really solid goalie for a while. I think the next goalie they get, um, 
needs to be someone more established and more of a sure thing. I don't, I don't know if they could afford to go all in on, you know, Gorgiev as their guy. Um, I think they, they need to get a, a goalie they could be very confident in that he's going to be their guy for, you know, the next couple of years. That's just my, that's just my opinion on the type of move they need to make in goal. Um, I think that's a good one. That's down here. Uh, Chris T's. Chris T's. Yeah. What are the chances the Rangers trade the Blues second round pick? Really good. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely in play, especially for a, a, like a bottom or a middle six forward. That's definitely going to be in play. Speaking about former Rangers and, uh, backups, but Cam Talbot's been struggling for the last month in Minnesota. Um, well, Kakenin. Minnesota Kakenin. has, yeah. Minnesota has their goalie of the future. Looks like he looks like Kapo he's going to be, yeah, pretty damn yeah. good. No, Je- Jesper Wallstadt. We have Wallstadt too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Wallstadt's he, he looks be a monster. He looks to be. They the traded goods. up to get him, if I recall correctly, right? I believe so. Yeah, you trade up to get a guy you want to play him. Wallstadt's yeah. going to be a real good goalie for a long yeah. time. Anthony, yep. what do you think the Islanders can get for Merlov? Realistically speaking, I think they can get. A, way, I, think, I think the temptation sometimes is we we overvalue the goalie market. I mean, he's 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 been a pretty established goalie in this league. So, I mean, I I see no reason why they can't get a second round pick for him. I think that's reasonable. Uh, I think that would probably be reasonable. I don't know about much more than that, considering that the everyone knows that the Islanders are going to have to move that contract at some point. Um, he's also not exactly the starter anymore on Long Island. He's 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 clearly the number two guy behind Sorokin. Sorokin's here, even though like he doesn't really have anything to to show for it. With you know the team being as bad as they've been this year, but. Yeah, I, I, I do think that's going to probably lower the return a little bit, but a second seems reasonable. I, I wouldn't give up much more than that on top of that for him, considering his salary. And I, I, and he's definitely a guy you can move. The contract isn't that bad. No. Um, and he's got and he's got the the recent experience of of winning. So why not? Especially if you get if Flurry is a no go, Varlamov's the next phone call. Yeah, I would I would say probably he would be the guy because just he's he was an established starter. He was the uh, he's the experienced guy. I, I think teams would rather probably go after him than Georgiev also because of Turnbeck. Georgiev has team control compared to him, so. Yeah, if they trade Varlamov, I would like to see them um, um, get a get a cheaper backup next year. Maybe reunite with Grice for one year. Uh, I always liked Grice; he was always solid when he played. When he, the Islanders called upon him, Grice um, is a good backup. Then, yeah, he is. Yeah, as a good yeah. backup. Yeah, yeah, because I think he's. I think he's. A, I think he's a free agent this this coming year. So he um, You pick back, pick him back up, but. You know, we'll we'll see. Like I said, I, you know, I I, I won't be surprised at all if Arlamov's gone by March twenty first. I really I really won't. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the if the price is affordable for um 
for Varlamov. Like if if they're not asking for too much, I could definitely see him being moved. That's the guy. I, I wonder about. Like I said, I wonder about Bailey. Uh, you would uh, to me. I I think the Islanders might have to take a pennies on the dollars type return to move him, or maybe not totally pennies on the dollars, but it would just be a it would it would be a definitely a reduced cost to move him. But I think Varlamov could get like a second and a and a prospect. I would say. Yeah, I, I'm agreement. I think that's fair. Like a, not like a like a blue chip or a high end even prospect, but like a mid level prospect <clears throat> somewhere in that range. Uh, I'm gonna bring up Poppy's uh, question that he's got right here because yeah, I was gonna highlight that too. Yeah, uh, Anthony, think Billy Huso is for real? He's certainly been better than Bennington. I mean, Bennington's just been playing bad. I you are better than Bennington, he... and you're not even a goalie. Ah! Yeah, you're better than Bennington <laughs> yeah. right now. You're not even a goalie. <laughs> I uh, I think St. Louis needs to go with him in goal right now. I mean, if she's for real, I think it might be a little too early to tell, but um, I I think he's their best option they got right now for sure. Uh, as it was pointed out for a while, there was a time when Huso was higher up the depth chart and prospect chart than than Jordan Bennington, so. Bennington got his shot, ran with it, got a great contract. He's he's been he's he's been good for a while for the Blues. It's just and either he's on a bad stretch or he, this is who he is now, and you got to ride Huso out. Uh, Regan brings up a good point here. I mean, a lot of goalies make waves uh, for a time because the shooters don't have the book on them yet. Yeah, and then when they get the book, that's when um, what just happened with my TV. <laughs> my TV just turned off completely. Well, it's it it's the same thing with pitchers and and batters. I for I use it a baseball reference, but you're right about that. Once once the book is out, I mean, remember Jocelyn Tebow? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh wait, all we gotta do is shoot high. Bang, back of the net. <laughs> Jocelyn Tebow. Jocelyn Tebow. I mean, lots of guys. Lots of guys have that happen all the time. Like for, I always thought that there was a hole for Matt Murray right here. If you shot it near his ear, he would actually flinch away from it. There was a game against Dallas that the they just they just went right by his his left ear the entire time and were putting goals behind him. A lot of goalies like relief pitchers. Yeah, David. Yeah, I like that. And then the good, it, but the same thing with pitchers and hitters, and and with goaltenders. Once the book is out on you, then you have to adjust back. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go for five more minutes, because uh, again, somebody's on four hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I gotta eat, and then I gotta go to my grandmother's too for birthday. So yeah. Alex Goldberg was the best goalie never to make the NHL. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we lost Anthony or if uh, he has to take care of a situation. Yeah, I, I, something's wrong with the MSG feed for the Islander game too because I'm. It's on my Directv that it just it's happening. I went back yeah. to and it's just. Actually, none of my 
channels are working, I think, on MSG or on uh, JTV. Oh, no. All right. So it's just MSG then because. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's not working. This, the other channels are working. That's weird. All right. Well, I, I have direct TV, David, but it's not raining. It's like perfectly sunny out here. I don't know if you could see. Oh, no, they're saying they're saying that we're having technical difficulties. It's direct TV. It's direct TV themselves with uh, Probably the best time to do it. Isn't it the end of the period? Uh, I'm checking that right now. DirecTV said that they were having technical difficulties with the Red Bull oh. feed, but that message doesn't pop up on this channel. That's weird. Middle of the second period. Somebody put me on the spot last night and said, uh, who's going to who's gonna win the Stanley Cup? You have to say it right now. I keep going with the St. Louis Blues, and then they have games like this that just proved me wrong. Brock Nelson with his 20th and uh, Oliver Wallstrom with his 11th. Thought Wallstrom was going to have a better season than what he's what he's been having, but is what it is with that. Let's end that poll. Get that right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Florida Panthers with Justin Huberto. All right. All right, Phil, you got to get something to eat. We lost Anthony, and um. We're going to try to do some more of these. Shannon, again, thank you. Thank you for your uh, your support. <laughs> thank you, Shannon. Appreciate it. I just, again, when I go back to Colorado, I just don't have the confidence in, in Darcy Kemper with them. I, yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, even Anthony was saying, oh, well, if they get Patty Kane, then you know what? Um, you know, they're give them the Stanley Cup. I, I, I just don't know if, if their goaltending holds up. How do you improve that top power play anymore? You, you just don't. And you know what? You think about situations like Kevin Shattenkirk. Thank was you, man. Poppy. To... Appreciate it. Jeez, three times in this one, Poppy. Yeah. Hey, you know, Poppy, thank you. Hi, right, Poppy. <laughs> oh, God, Mark. Never again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> um, Go back to sleep. Uh, that is the plan. I am going to be going back. I might eat something and then go back to sleep. But oh, man. And I got work ahead of me tonight. Goody. So, got that. Uh, but, guys, we're going to sign off here. It's always great doing these. Uh, we're, we're doing Saturday afternoons for a little bit longer until schedules change around. Uh, we, we need the Holy Trinity together. That's what the goal is always for us. And uh, you know what? Again, we do this for you guys. We are growing. I'm trying to do this without any BS promotions. But again, thank you. And loyal listeners is what we have. So, <laughs> uh, well, I, by the way, there's a little bit more to my dating history that, <laughs> that I keep under, under, under the radar because I like the persona that it doesn't work. Oh, so. my God. All right, but anyway, yes. Also, uh, <laughs> I think in Spanish you call that El Terrible. <laughs> always gather, uh, always keep on recommending us to your friends. Like, share, and subscribe. Yes, and please. we will see you guys soon. Filk, final word. Look out for the big trade. 
All right. Hopefully we'll be doing a trade dead. Well, well, we're definitely doing a trade deadline stream on trade deadline day. So look out for that. Hopefully we'll have me and Phil doing that, but guys, thank you very much. And we will see you next week. If not also, uh, I might do an NHL snipes video this week too. So talk to you soon. And still on for one more second. And there it goes.